Jumu'ah khutbah After having completed the month of fasting and having gained uh, much in terms of uh, Iman and Taqwa and uh, made worship uh, our habit right? so in, in the form of fasting and offering Salah and the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recitation of Quran, Dua, Sadaqah and Charity many of these deeds we were doing during the month of, of Ramadan that we are trying to maintain and continue outside of Ramadan and so the term of Ramadan is a school or a, a, a crash course where you, um, you, you, as a believer, you are seeking to attain goodness and closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at our uh, materialistic achievements. He looks at our actions and he looks at our hearts. And so all of these acts of worship are all there in order to purify our hearts, right? The remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the recitation of Quran. All of this, the, the qiyam and tahajjud at night, we are seeking to purify our hearts and so that nothing and no one remains, the love of no one and nothing overpowers or overcomes the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heart of the believer. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And so the believer needs to have this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alongside the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so you love Allah for his uh, generosity and the blessings which he has uh, gifted you with. And you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of your own shortcomings. And you fear that you will be taken to task for your sins and your shortcomings and your failure to uphold the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we always sort of end the month of Ramadan on a note that we need to make an effort to maintain what we have gained in Ramadan, right? And this is important, and perhaps we uh, do a good job in uh, uh, trying to achieve that in terms of actions, such as going to the masjid, and like we said, reading Quran, and giving sadaqah, and uh, uh, fasting. These are the actions. But what is more important is to maintain the state of heart that you have gained in the month of Ramadan. Right? And this is a dua of Rasulullah which he often made in his sujood. Asking Allah to make your heart firm on his deen. Because the heart is uh, continuously changing. right? And it changes because of the input through our minds, our eyes, our hearing, and our tongue. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقْفُ مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ إِنَّ السَّمْعَ وَالْبَصَرَ وَالْفُؤَادَ كُلُّ أُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ عَنْهُ مَسْؤُولًا That Allah will ask and will question us about how we utilize our faculties. And so all of these are channels that are pouring into the heart. What you see enters your heart. What you hear enters your heart. What you think about enters your heart. What you speak about enters your heart. This is why the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is important because the more you, they say that when your tongue says Allah a thousand times, your heart says Allah once. And so the, the purpose of saying subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar is for the heart to be affected and the, the, the heart to realize the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our hearts believe in Allah. We, we have Allah in our heart, but we don't have the greatness of Allah. 
So we are aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that awareness is, is not stopping us from sinning. I know that Allah dislikes something and is displeased with something, but I still do it. So I believe in Allah. Just like shaitan believes in Allah. Shaitan spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. He asked of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow him to live until the day of, of Qiyamah. And what is required of the believer is to have the ta'zim of Allah, which is the greatness of Allah, considering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be great. And this is why our, with every movement of salah, we say what? Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. To bring this greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that. When a person realizes the greatness of Allah, then they realize the greatness of the command of Allah. Allah tells me to pray, this is a great command because it comes from the, the most great. Allah is commanding me to be truthful, this is a great command. Allah is commanding me to be just, this is a great command. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks of me to refrain from such and such actions, this is a great command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why ulama say that do not uh, occupy yourself with oh, minor sins and major sins and I will do the minor ones, I just won't do the major ones. They say the one you are sinning against is the same. When you make a small sin and when you make a and, and you commit a large sin, it is the same person's command, the same being's command that you are breaking. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And so we want to maintain this state of heart. Because the, in fasting, you don't eat and drink. Why? Because Allah is aware of me. Nobody else knows. Right? And so this brings what? The awareness of Allah, which is known as taqwa. Rasulullah says in a hadith that a person will not be firm and steadfast upon the deen of Allah until their heart is firm and steadfast upon the deen of Allah. And Rasulullah would always make dua to Allah in his sujood. That Allah ya qalbi ala He informs us in a hadith that the hearts are in the control of Allah And so it is Allah who changes the hearts. Allah will direct the heart towards righteousness and goodness. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn the heart away from righteousness and, and goodness. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That I will turn away from my signs and my verses. Those who uh, show pride without due right. If they see my signs, they will not believe in them. If they see the path of righteousness, they will not adopt it. And if they see the, the path of that leads to evil and falsehood, they will adopt it. And so the heart is in the control of Allah. You can't change the direction of your heart. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Their hearts have been sealed. And so when the heart is sealed, you can do what you want. Allah says, Seek forgiveness for them. Don't seek forgiveness for them. Seek guidance for them. Don't seek guidance for them. It does not matter. The heart has been sealed. And on the other side, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, There are other people whose chests are opened to, what? to the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the heart is directed towards the light and the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah says, your heart has to be firm, but we can't change our heart. What we are in control of 
is the channels that lead to the heart. And this is why Rasulullah said that the heart will not be firm and steadfast until the tongue is firm and steadfast. And so this tongue that we have is a great blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is what? Double-edged. It can lead to the highest degrees of paradise. But it can also lead to the lowest pits of hellfire. It can lead to the pleasure of Allah. But it can also lead to the anger and wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It can lead to eternal bliss in paradise. But it can also lead to eternal doom in hellfire. <coughs> the problem with our culture is that we don't give importance to things that are being said. Hence the, 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 the saying that actions speak louder than words. Right? So we don't, actu we don't actually consider words to be actions. They're mere words. And so we don't give them importance. And we'll say things and then say, I didn't mean anything by it. Or we'll say, uh, we, we'll begin the sentence by saying, with all due respect. You know when somebody says to you with all due respect, you know that they intend to disrespect you, right? I, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I just, it was just, <coughs> I shared what I thought and what I felt. And we are in, the, uh, uh, in this era of communication, right? And it's important to communicate. But you don't communicate everything. Because this is dangerous. And there is a saying in, in Arabic that the injuries caused by the sword will heal. But the injuries caused by the tongue will not heal. And so we have a responsibility to do what? To control and keep a check on our tongues. Because you come into the faith and into the deen of Allah through what? Through tongue. Rasulullah called people to what? For years in Mecca, going around, he said, "What? Well, oh, people, say La ilaha illallah, you will be successful. Say. It is speech, right? And so, there are certain <laughs> sins, and they are known as the sins of the tongue, which impact the heart, such as committing shirk. It's what? It is an action of the heart. Lying is an action of the heart. Rasulullah says that a person, truthfulness leads to righteousness, and righteousness leads to paradise. And a person will be truthful until he is recorded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as somebody who is truthful, a truthful one. And then he says that lying leads to sin. When you lie once, at the very least, you are going to have to lie again to cover up that lie. Or you're going to have to repeat that same lie. This is the, at the very least. And generally, why do we lie? We lie to cover up our faults. And what we don't approve of within us. Whether that is thoughts and feelings, or whether that is actions. When we've done something that we don't approve of, we lie to cover it up. Because we don't want people to see us for who we are truly. And so we put this uh, veil by lying. And so lying leads to sin. 
Because when a person gets into the habit of lying, that will eventually get them to do what? Commit sins. Because now they don't fear, I don't have to speak the truth, so I can do what I want, and then I will just lie to people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that some people, certain groups of people will come on the day of Qiyamah. They have lied so much that they will seek to lie to Allah. Allah says, يَحْلِفُونَ لَهُ كَمَا يَحْلِفُونَ لَكُمْ وَيَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْكَاذِبُونَ اسْتَحْوَذَ عَلَيْهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ ذِكْرَ اللَّهِ They will come on the day of Qiyamah and they will take oaths, false oaths, before Allah. The way they take false oaths before you, like the munafiqeen in the time of Rasulullah Allah says, إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ and Allah testified that the munafiqeen are liars. The hypocrites are lying. They don't truly believe in your prophethood. And so lying leads to sin. And sin leads to hellfire. And a person will continue to lie until he is recorded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a liar. Imagine if you are called a liar by somebody that is dear to you and that you have love for and you, are, you have respect for. How hurtful it is. You know, sometimes you have this, you are in an argument or what have you, and somebody calls you and says, you're a liar. Imagine if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala records you as a liar, and rightfully so. And you are called on the day of Qiyamah and presented before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a liar. And so lying, associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, lying, speaking about Allah and the deen of Allah without knowledge, Interpreting verses of the Quran, interpreting a hadith of Rasulullah giving religious rulings and fatwa without knowledge. Rasulullah says, This is the worst type of lying. Is what? You say something is halal or something is haram, you have no knowledge of. Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَا تَصِفُ أَلْسِنَتُكُمُ الْكَذِبُ هَذَا حَلَالٌ وَهَذَا حَرَامٌ That don't call things out and make things permissible and not, not, not permissible and forbidden without due knowledge. If you have, if you, if you have a knowledge, uh, knowledge about a particular thing, then absolutely you have a responsibility to share that information. But if you don't know, then you remain silent. The righteous predecessors, they did not like to make religious rulings. Sahaba did not like to make religious rulings. They were afraid because this is a no-go area. It is a zone that no one is permitted to enter. Not even the messenger of Allah is permitted. He does not legislate. His secondary legislator in that he brings to us what Allah has legislated. This is why we find that a person will come and ask questions to Rasulullah and Rasulullah will not respond. Moments later when Jibreel brings revelation, Rasulullah will call and say, where is this person who asked the question? And he will give him an answer. And so that is exclusive to Allah This is another major sin of the tongue. Then we have ghiba, backbiting, tail bearing. We all know that these are haram. They create division between people, they create disunity. Where Allah is seeking to unite, you are seeking to disunite. Where Allah is saying that La khayra fi kathirin min najwahum illa man amara bi salakatin aw ma'roofin aw islahin bayna al-nas. 
Allah encourages that we utilize our tongue and our speech to reconcile between people. We are utilizing in namima and tail bearing, we are utilizing the speech in order to create divisions amongst people. And what this does, two things. Number one is when a person <coughs> makes namima and ghiba, they speak ill of other people, whether rightfully or wrongfully. When you speak ill of other people in their absence, <coughs> this does two things. Number one is that it shows that you have pride in your heart. This is why ghiba is such a great sin. You consider yourself to be better than others. And so you're pointing out their faults. But Allah has not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Rasulullah you're not responsible over people. You're responsible for your own deeds. لا تكلف إلا نفسك Allah says. Your responsibility is you're going to be questioned about your own actions, your choices, your decisions. And so you should look at the evil that you have within yourself, the bad that you have within yourself. And look at the goodness in people. And so consider yourself small and consider others to be better and greater than you and even when you come across something that is wrong try to interpret it in a right way and if you can't find interpretation say judgment is reserved to Allah I do not know and I'm not responsible <coughs> Jannah and Jahannam is not in my control you know and so ghiba namima which is backbiting tail bearing this is Abundant, but uh, there are sins that have been mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the, in the very surah where Allah says ikhwah. He says all believers are brethren They are all united in brotherhood The brotherhood of faith and iman Which is a stronger bond than the brotherhood of blood It is greater and stronger After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us that we are brothers He tells us of the things that cause friction between brothers. He says, لا يسخر قوم من قوم. This is another sin of the tongue that is very common in our society. Making fun of people. Riba and making fun of people has the same results. Number one is, it shows that you consider yourself to be better than others. This is pride. It is, Rasulullah says that a person who has an atom of pride that person will have to enter hellfire and has to be cleansed. Pride is only permissible to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is complete in every sense. Every other being other than Allah is incomplete and so does not have right to be proud. This is the first. And the second is that it causes hatred in people's hearts. Just like when you uh, 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 do namima and ghiba, you are do doing what? You are going to create hatred in the hearts of people. When a person finds out that you spoke ill of And the amazing thing about ghiba, when you speak ill of somebody, eventually that information will reach the ear of the person. This is the doing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the one who exposes others, that person will be exposed. The Prophet <coughs> said that the one who exposes believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will expose him in his own home. You sought to defame others, Allah will defame you in your own home. 
And so if you do not do it out of fear of Allah, at the very least do it for your own self-respect. And realize that what goes around comes around. Making fun of others, again, you are doing it because you consider yourself proud, but also you are displeased with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for people. And so Allah says, That a group of people, an individual, you know, should not make fun of others. It may be that the one that you are making fun of is more beloved to Allah. And you have done what? Allah says, You've put yourself at war with Allah. Somebody is beloved to Allah. You don't know that. You're making fun of him or her their appearance, or whatever it is, their character, or the way they carry themselves, or the way they speak, or their intelligence, whatever it is, you're making fun of them, and they are beloved to Allah. You have entered into what? Into a war with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, I have declared war against the person who does what? Who attacks a friend of mine, somebody who is close to me. And so these, we have to keep a check on our tongues and the best way is Rasulullah said say what is good when you want to say something think is it good is it beneficial is it going to benefit me or benefit somebody else in this world and in the hereafter if it's of no benefit then don't say it you're safe because it makes no sense to do all of these acts of worship, prayer and fasting and reading the Quran and all of these good deeds and then lose them on the day of Qiyamah because of what we have said. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us more understanding and to enable us to act accordingly.